and welcome to the TetraCast. I am not Zach Reese. This is your host, Adam Vitali. Zach is not here today, but here with me, we have Alex. Hello. And we have Aaron. Hello. And so this is a special edition where we're going to be talking uh, Final Fantasy Type Zero HD. And so uh, some of us, not me, have gotten a chance to play this. And we are here just to have a little conversation about what we think about the game, uh, what it offers uh, to the Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy franchise, and we're going to talk about what it does well, what we, what we think about it, and things like that. Uh, so Aaron has written the review, which should be on RPG site uh, either now or shortly. And uh, so Aaron, uh, you played the original PSP version when it released uh, a while back, right? Yes, I did. I played the original, which came out in 2011. I released for the PSP, and unfortunately, it never made its way out of Japan. Yeah, so uh, obviously that was something that disappointed a lot of people. Uh, so it was a really cool surprise to hear that it's finally coming out last D3, and here it is. Finally, it's out, and you can go buy it. So when you first uh, started up your copy, uh, I mean, what was the first obvious, uh, I don't know, difference when you started playing? <laughs> well, obviously the first thing that's that's noticeable right away when, when you have the disc in your hands is that it's not a portable game anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, everything is in a much higher resolution, so you're playing it instead of on a handheld, now you're playing it on a big TV, so that's the biggest difference, I guess you could say. And with a real controller, rather than the, you know, the crab claw. Right, PSP. right. Oh, God, the PSP. Analog stick even. Although, um... The PSP version is actually playable on the Vita, so you can map the camera to the second analog stick on that version, but having two sticks for the console version is definitely definitely a good thing. Well, uh, there's that camera, though. I mean, I'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, um, at least there is camera control, sort of. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to be a little bit... I, I've paid some attention to the game, so I know, like, the gist of things. So you have, like, this academy of students, and it's a military academy, mm-hmm. and then there's some sort of war, and these students are kind of thrown headlong into it, and so what's the, what's the premise, I guess? Like, I don't know what you can talk about, but, like, what exactly are, is the setting and all that? Well, Square have asked us not to spoil um, any details from further in the story, but obviously the setup is... Um, I would say it's Final Fantasy VIII-esque, I guess. Um, Definitely. I'd say it's Final Fantasy VIII, but with perhaps a younger cast. Yeah, and it feels... And it's difficult to, to believe that I'm saying this, but it feels a lot more anime than Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> if such a thing is possible. <laughs> Yeah, I I could definitely agree with that. Like the the, the there's a core cast of um, fourteen uh, students of the cl- well twelve students of class zero and two um, transfer students who arrive sort of in the very first mission of the game, and um, uh, and yeah, they've all kind of got their own individual style and. Uh, 
already I hear this transfer student like trope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so the transfer students, like the main characters. I don't really even know who like the story focuses around. There really isn't a main character per se, but a lot of the story does focus focus in on two specific characters, which are Machina and Rem, and then you have the rest of the class zero, which represents the main um, cast of characters as a whole. Well, it's it's weird because in all the in all the promotion and stuff. Sorry, Ace, right? Well, yeah, that's the weird thing. In a lot of the promotional artwork and stuff, um, Machina and Rem are sort of front and center. But then on the box, and in general, Ace is the guy who he, you play the first mission of the game as him. You're very much caught sort of early on encouraged to walk around the um, the academy. Is kind of set up a bit like Garden actually, where how Balam Garden has all those uh, various sectors that. That have various functions in the game and from a practical level in the universe as well. Set up a lot like that, and early on, it's as him you're wandering around the academy as. So it's weird, but it definitely doesn't have a main have a main character. But there's definitely some that are more central than others. You know, there's fourteen of them, and they're all given their own time to develop. But some of them do feel a lot more throwaway. Sounds harsh, but they're just not as core and eccentric. Now, I figure there's probably some element of this, no matter what. But do the characters actually feel like characters, or I don't know? When you sometimes get a cast that this size, they're kind of like caricatures rather than characters, you know, with some obvious archetype or something like that. Uh, does this game feel like it develops the cast pretty well? What do you think, Aaron, on this one? I'm curious. <laughs> um, well, I think that, at, like, as you said, with the cast being so large, there's only so much that they have focused on, given the amount of time that they had to tell the story. Um, so you definitely do feel like they focus in on a select few, and then um, you do have uh, other characters who are kind of caricatures, as you said. You've got, like, the tough guy, and then you have, like, the quiet girl and then you have like the intelligent guy who keeps saying all these like super intelligent things so they they definitely fill fill those roles yeah i mean they're definitely like you know um one of the things that i was you know we're working on like uh for, for the benefit of the audience everybody who's on this call knows about this we're working on kind of a um a community collaboration project, which is like a digital magazine about Type Zero, with a bunch of um, our friends at RP Gamer and also um, a bunch of different Final Fantasy fan site people contributions. And one of the things that I was looking at this afternoon was I was basically uh, checking the text was correct and no spelling errors and stuff on a page which is profiles of all the main characters and when you read the profiles it does kind of drive home even though i've been playing the game reading the profiles drives home just how much they fit into those typical anime stereotypes you know you have um queen who's sort of a um she's the class president and she's bespectacled with long black hair and you know she's very prim and very proper and very pure but then you've also got you know a hot-headed guy and no surprise you know um he uses he uses his fists in battle he fits that kind of zell role um you know they all do kind of the the the, the healer girl who plays a flute in battle she's just you know got that very stereotypical anime cute girl innocent butter wouldn't melt voice acting going on 
Um, so, so yeah, they do fit into the typical tropes and I don't think this is the game. If you're looking for a Final Fantasy game that goes beyond those tropes, this probably isn't it. But it, I think it uses those tropes quite well. I mean, yeah, I, a lot of people talk about how mature this game is and it even has an M rating, right? Uh, so that's one thing I guess I don't really know what to expect because, you know, it's supposed to be a little bit more dark and more serious. Is that something to expect? <laughs> Um, uh, well, it does carry the mature rating, and actually in Japan it was given the the C rating, uh, which was actually the first in the Final Fantasy series. Um, and the main reason that it has that is because you do see a lot of death on screen, uh, without spoiling anything, um, just a lot of blood and visual imagery of people dying right on screen, so it's not like other Final Fantasy games where a character dies and you don't really see too much of it, but in this game you definitely see it. And I think that's why I got the mature rating. More front and center. It's, it's, it's you know, I'm gonna pull back and disagree mildly and say I think it's more... I think it's more violent than mature, and I think there is a very, a very key difference between those two things. And I think a lot of games, a lot of developers make the mistake of, of not understanding that. And by that I mean, you know, I was actually quite shocked by um, watching the opening movie, and you know, it's depicting this invasion, and it's depicting people being shot at point blank range, it's depicting people on the floor already incapacitated, and a soldier kind of standing over them, executing them. Um, which is not something you tend to associate with Final Fantasy. However, on the flip side, the themes of the game and the way the game sort of handles itself is still very much in that teenage anime ballpark. It doesn't feel mature. It's just very, very upfront and open about showing a chocobo bleeding to death <laughs> or indeed a character bleeding to death but then you still have these weird earnest conversations where you visit the cemetery in the um in the academy for the first time and there's dialogue that is actually like this is a cemetery what's a cemetery we come here to you know to pay, pay our respects to the dead and it's all this really uh, sincere <laughs> anime yeah. stuff and I'm like mm, it like doesn't feel mature anime is the go-to <laughs> adjective for using <laughs> okay, well I mean so they I do give a reason really, for that uh, in the game why, why uh, yeah I know I know the kids aren't yeah <laughs> yeah because there is well, the that's the whole, that's the whole uh, like transfer student thing right they just bring the transfer students in as an excuse to explain everything well there's a, there's an actual big story conceit around the concept of death in general um, I, don't, I think this is safe to say I don't think this is really spoiler territory it's in many of the stuff that Square Enix has put out themselves about the game which is that there's something going on where um, people don't remember people that have died so as soon as somebody dies the memory of them just kind of zaps away. It's kind of like um, in Final Fantasy VIII where they... <laughs> Don't the bring that up. Oh my god. <laughs> so the, the game actually kind of has a lot of ties to Final Fantasy VIII, I feel. Yeah, I never thought of that before. But yeah, so there is this 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 reason. But at the same time, I just mean in general, like it's definitely a bloody game, at least in story scenes. There isn't really any blood in combat, but that's because there aren't really any particle effects like that in combat because it because of it, if its origins as a PSP game, they couldn't probably do blood splatter and things like that. But in in 
story scenes. Um, that's absolutely, it's absolutely very much front and center, the violence, the blood. It, it's a good depiction of war, actually. Like, you know, you look at it and it's probably the opening movie to the game is probably the best depiction of war, um, in Final Fantasy other than probably the opening of 12. So, you know, right. So yeah, I, 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 I've got a question for you, Aaron, about story because because I mean you're a lot further than the, well you've finished the game. I haven't yet finished right, it. Right. Um, so you've seen a lot more of the story scenes. How do you feel about the dub? Did you turn it off? Did you keep? I it? actually kept it on the whole time. Surprisingly. Hmm. Um. In well, at first the first time I loaded the game, I actually had the Japanese voice on, but then I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll see what this, this English dub is like, because I'd seen the trailers, obviously, mm-hmm. and my impression from the trailers was not so great. Like, I, my impression was that it wasn't a very good dub from what we'd seen, but as I started playing the game, I was like, wow, this actually is a lot better than what they've let on, so... I played the entire game with the dub. I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I actually didn't mind most of the voice work. There are there are a couple characters where I just didn't really care for their performance, but I guess on the whole, it really wasn't that bad. Like I actually enjoyed the dub more than any of the dubs in the thirteen games. So that's saying hmm. something. See, I think my my issue, um, as is as has been the case with 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 the entire thirteen series, hasn't some there hasn't been so much been with the performances. Like, for instance, talk about lightning. I think uh, Ali Hillis is is fantastic, and I think the proof of that is um, you only have to look as far as Bioware, where she's magnificent in Mass Effect, and she voices a bit character in Dragon Age Inquisition, who is a minor character, but yet is one of the most um, one of the most charismatic characters in the game and I really wish that there was more of it, more of her and I hope there is in the DLC because it seems like a lot of people feel that way but I think the thing rather than the performances is sort of that tone and I think one of the triumphs of what Final Fantasy um, 7, 8 and 9 um, and later on 12 all accomplished um, in their translations in their English releases is how they were translated um, they kind of they they took on a you know call it a stereotype call it racist whatever but the decision to give uh, Barrett the Mister T um, <laughs> right. speech patterns adds a lot of adds a lot to the game. No, I, I haven't played Zero, of course, but in the Thirteen series, I feel like sure there were some voice acting you know imperfections, but I felt a lot of the issues actually came from like the actual dialogue, the actual words. Yeah, well, the dialogue, and, and there's there's really not much they could have done about that because the original script wasn't very good either. But I think a lot of it is actually the voice direction, and in the more recent Final Fantasy titles after twelve, they've tried. At least this is what it seems like anyway. But they keep trying to emulate the Japanese voice actor, and it really doesn't work very well. Yeah, and and it's like you know they, they've got characters. Um, in this game 
who are, you know, confident and outspoken. And I wish they'd made them confident in the Western dub. I wish they'd made them confident and outspoken in a Western way, as opposed to, as I've said, the, the very typical anime, you can do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, all that, all <laughs> that sort of stuff. There's definitely a, a few characters where they tried way too hard to sound like their Japanese counterpart. And I just kind of shook my head and, well, I guess, you know, I, I, started with the dub and i played so long with it i guess i'll finish with it but it seems it seems good quality and 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 yeah like i said i was surprised by it um and like i said there are some hit and miss here and there but as a whole it's it's not bad i mean obviously i I personally tend to find that dubs and trailers always sound weird when they just kind of pick and choose lines and they have music over playing and just kind of, without any context, they don't sound good at all, where in the actual context of the game, they can at least be better. Uh, but anyways, let's switch gears a little bit, because we can't too much talk too much about the story. Yeah. It's about the game itself. It's not structured like most Final Fantasy games. In fact, the one that it's most similar to, I believe, is Crisis Core, like a mission style. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. RPG, so just... What, what, what do you want to say about how the game plays? Um, well, you. like you said, it is mission-based, so what happens is you'll start off, um, you'll get like a little bit of story exposition, and then when you're in the school area, which is kind of like your hub, you get to, you can do quests and talk to other characters, and you're sort of given this timeline every time you're in this hub area. So, for example, you might have two days worth of things that you can do and each task that you do takes away some of those days yeah. so once you've done that once you've used up all of your time you actually go out on these missions and those missions are what advance the story yeah so your downtime is like you know it'll say six hours or two days or whatever until the next mission and like Aaron says every time you do stuff it takes off that counter um, and there you can tell that this that's one i think that is the place where in the gameplay systems the fact that this was a mobile game is most obvious because in the in a mobile structure this idea of time passing and this idea of doing a little thing passing two hours of time in in the in the, in the academy and then turning your psp off because your train journey is over makes a lot of sense here i, I don't know how you feel Aaron, but it it, it, it felt disjointed to me yeah it definitely um was designed for portable structure and the fact they didn't really change any of that is really noticeable here because usually when you're playing a console game you're going to be sitting down for quite a while Mm -hmm. but there were a few times where i felt like i had kind of exhausted everything to do in the school area and i just wanted to move on um, but and luckily you can do that. There is an NPC you can talk to if you want to skip ahead to the mission day. So that's kind of Yeah, nice. that's useful. But um, as far as like the way that everything works with that, it's definitely, you can definitely tell that it was a portable game. Yeah. Um, and But the structure, the mission structure, I mean, it... it <laughs> I think it works. I think the missions are perhaps shorter than they'd be on console. I think, you know, w- when you talk... Oh, definitely. I mean, the missions were designed for 
I, you know, for you to be able to pick up and play, complete the mission, and then maybe put it away for a little while. Yeah, and there's a lot of loading as well within that, which also, I suppose, is a hang-up from the... Right, right. Well, on TSP, you know, the limitations of the level design only stretch so far. Yeah, it's just I, one of the... I, I apologize. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I, I, I apologize for going back to Crisis Core, but that's my really only frame of reference that I have. No, no, that's I remember some okay of those because levels. they're very right. they're very similar. Yeah. I mean, Crisis Core right. was also designed with PSP limitations in mind, so... Right, I, I just remember a lot of the missions not only being pretty short, like going through like three different small map areas and fighting some enemy at the end or something, but also a lot of these missions... That, at least that weren't the weren't the story missions were very samey. Uh, so, are there like additional missions you can do, like outside of the main story? How does that work? So, outside of the main story, once you're back in the hub area and you have you know your set amount of time for the next mission, there's um, story quest or not story, but little side quests you can do. Any NPC with an orange icon. Um, typically has something you can do and a lot of those involve things like fetch quests like go get me this item Um, there is some trials that you can do from these type of npcs um or sometimes they'll want you to go out and kill like x amount of enemies so you do you can do things like that okay i have a question uh so you have 14 characters Mm-hmm. And they all, they all, I assume, they play differently. They have different weapons, different abilities. Yeah. So you, you cho- I, I'm trying to imagine here. You choose one that you want to play as, and you take out, take them out on missions, and you level them up in some way, and they have their own equipment and skills. And do you have to like, con- do you have to like progress each character separately, or, is, or how does yes. that work? Yeah. So basically, you have 14 characters. And when you go out onto a mission, or even out onto the world map to do battles, you actually get to have three people in your party, um, and then you can switch between any any of them at in real time, anytime you want, so that's pretty cool. But you do have to level each individual character up separately. Um, it's not like some games where if you level like just a select amount of party members, the rest of them in your reserve will level up as well. In Type Zero, you have to level each individual character; otherwise, they will fall behind. And that includes um, giving them equipment and and whatnot as well. So, and when you go to combat, you actually take free people, um, and it's sort of like um, I don't know. Um, it's sort of like Final Fantasy Thirteen, or or like like a I don't know, like a Mass Effect where you, you take free squad members. Um, well, not Mass Effect, Dragon Age would be a better comparison. And you can actually, you, you pick one that you're going to play as, but then you can switch between those three on the fly. So that means you can choose which of the one you actually, which of them you actually want to control and which of them, you know, is just sort of, um, it's just, it's, it's controlled by the AI and doing their own thing. And like, like you, you mentioned, they all do fit into sort of typical, uh, roles, you know, there's a guy who uses a, a, a lance which who fits 100% into the typical Dragoon role and has the, the Dragoon jump as Kane did and as uh, Sid did and so on. Now, so there like certain like coordinated parties that you want to form, like you, do you want to make sure you have like a character with a healing ability like 
I guess, how important is party selection when you're going out on the missions? Well, you can kind of customize to a way that really fits your playstyle. So if you really like playing a ranged character, you can set that as your main. Um, You can give yourself, um, like your player character, like a healing ability, but there are characters who do have um, certain... I guess stats that are are better suited towards healing and things like that, yeah. like, like magic and or uh, melee stuff like that. So it's it really it, it's up to you, but um, ultimately there are characters who have strengths over others. Yeah, and I and I think I don't know how Aaron feels about this, and you will probably know better because you've actually finished it. But I do feel like uh, ranged is actually quite overpowered well not overpowered but it's definitely the most powerful thing in the game it it is honestly i always favor range over any of the other classes in the game just because i mean you can kind of just uh just sit back and and shoot stuff you know so and well yeah and there's a couple of characters that allow that there's a character that uses a magic pistol there's a character that uses a bow and arrow um and and there's a character that uses more traditional guns and yeah, I think I found myself gravitating to them a lot so far. Yep. Is there a reason yep. to like switch things up in terms of your party, or is, do you want to like? Is it better to pick well, three members and stick with them? I mean, yes and no. You will find some situations where you just get destroyed, and so you're forced to play with different characters. Um, yeah, and then later on in the game, in certain missions, you're actually asked to form two different groups of parties. So you'll have three and three so for one part of the mission you'll be playing as those characters and then for another part you'll be playing as the other part of your party yeah and and then probably a good segue to talk a little bit about difficulty um this is not an easy game (laughs) no it is not (laughs) excuse me i was really surprised when the um the first boss um you know, Aaron, you know what I'm talking about when I say uh, you have control of Odin for sort of a tutorial of how the um, the Eidolons oh, work. Oh, you know, there's actually a trick to that boss. Well, you do the bit with Odin, that's easy. And then there's the second bit where you then oh, fight the same right. boss as the yes. as the party. And that it's, it's really weird because the game doesn't telegraph to you that what you need to do in that boss fight essentially is dodge until you get a, a chance to, to do a full counter-attack. There's no point in running up to it and slashing it or shooting it from afar because three hits of it will kill you and it's faster than you. <laughs> right, yeah. The first time I remember playing on the PSP version, that boss uh, just destroyed me like multiple times. Yeah, and I exactly like, the same. doing wrong? Exactly the same. So the fact that they, even now there's still, you know, no real direction on what you're supposed to do at that point is... It's pretty difficult. I mean, obviously, I remembered from having played it before, but it was it was still challenging. Yeah, it was the first time for me, and I that killed me two or three times. And it was even more annoying because it doesn't start <laughs> you back at the boss; it starts you like five minutes back at the last save point. Right, right. And that's the other thing about this game is there's no real retry. Once you die, uh, you have to reload. Yeah, it's quite cruel, but I don't mind like, that. Uh, Thirteen two. Not no, at all. Not like the 13 games where it was just like, okay, try again. 
<laughs> but I appreciate that. I just wish if you're going to have a boss where the key is to counterattack it, you, you need to tell people, especially if it's the first boss, you need to tell yeah. people that that's the... Yeah, and even later on in the game, um, the difficulty does ramp up quite a bit there there is actually one mission where i forgot that my b team was the starting team so i kind of put all these lower level characters on there nice Um, and it's a really long mission so i ended up with one character left alive at the end and i had to run through this really big area still so i was just booking it to try and get to the end of the level so i could move on but switch to your good party (laughs) <laughs> well, you can't you can't like automatically switch during that part. You have to complete that side of the mission first. So I was like in a big panic because I didn't want to restart the entire mission again. So it's definitely challenging. I'm not against the challenge. <laughs> yeah, it is and and No, I'm not either. I'm just I'm just saying that it's I would say it's actually one of the harder Final Fantasies out there. I would agree Final with Fantasy that. Final really isn't known for its challenge, so that's See, interesting. See, you say that, but Japanese fans complained about 13 being too hard, so... I <laughs> 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 almost don't believe you. Well, that's why they added that easy mode um, in the Japanese in the, version. In the Asian release or whatever. That's depressing. Yeah. Anyway, so, so one thing I was curious about, based on some things you were saying, so like is this game just uses normal save points, like yeah, yeah, there are various yeah. save points located around. They're kind of that, but one th- one thing I'm curious about, but like if you save in a mission and then like you can't beat it, is there any way you to can, like yeah, you can give ab- up? You can abort the mission, but then you have to do it all over again. Yeah. So, uh, um, but there are save points. There are save. Like if you absolutely get stuck, you can always abort the mission and try it again. And you keep your experience as well when you do that, which is quite yeah, useful. Yeah, so that's nice. You can sort of new game plus it without actually new game plusing the entire game. And there are save points uh, throughout. There's save points. There's a save point in the academy, but there's also. Um, when you finish a chapter or whatever, it will pop up and naturally say, hey, do you want to save um, without you hitting an actual save point? And there are also uh, usually save crystals or whatever the hell they are in mission zones as well at, at, at points, especially in the longer missions. Kind of a logistical question. Do you get multiple slave slots? Yes. Yeah, you standard. And yeah. you probably want to use them, um, right. especially if you're unsure. There's actually... Uh, a couple of different ways you can do certain things, so definitely take that's, advantage that's just of the RPG one hundred and one save in multiple. It's, it's kind of weird because <laughs> it's kind of weird because the save menu just straight up looks like the PSP save menu, the 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 OS level save menu. Oh yeah, uh, especially weird, especially weird when that pops up on Xbox One. You're like, wait, what? Um, yeah, because it just looks like a PSP menu. It's really weird. Um, that's a good point. I mean, I've played both versions. I've played kind of a cursory amount of the of the PlayStation version, and then I've played um, my actual save is on the Xbox. Um, no real visual differences that I could notice, but I wouldn't expect any, I suppose. I would um, hope not, given what it is. Yeah. Given yeah. that it's a PSP game that's... Mastered and doesn't 
even run at 60 frames a second. So. Yeah. You, you mentioned some load times earlier, but in terms of like uh, uh, its frame rate performance and just uh, things like that, does it run pretty well? Yeah, I mean, at least uh, I played the PS4 version and I didn't really notice anything. Yeah, same on Xbox One. I mean, my complaints about the loads earlier... Um, it's less to do with the, the the machines, I think, and more just to do with, you know, if you think about a mission that's set in a town and you're retaking a town and the that town is made up of four or five or six different zones um, and those zones can be quite small in size. Those zones, it might take you... 30 seconds to run from one end of it to the other if there's no if there's no enemies um essentially yeah like if that was designed for these consoles or even for the vita now that would that town would just be one zone but instead you're moving from screen to screen it's loading from screen to screen obviously um but those loads are relatively snappy. It's just a shame that they're still there. But obviously, I understand that to, to, to do otherwise would have um, required them to significantly rebuild the game. Um, now, I mentioned playing an Xbox One and PlayStation. I do want to... I mentioned earlier at the start of my, my issue with the camera. Um, oh, yes, the camera. Which is that they have put... Um, giving you full control over the the camera on the right stick but it is atrocious i it's actually at the point where i i i I actually do not know how it shipped this way it's it's and and what i don't get is they had a different camera working for a while and i actually never got to play that version because it was always at press events that were just kind of out of reach i don't know if you got to play that one Probably, but my memory is... Um, I, I'm sure I did. Some, so, asking for some specific. So, like, you use the camera with the right stick, I assume? Yeah. And, like, does it just not give you as much well, control over where you want to put it? It's not really expect, a control or? issue. It's just the way that the camera actually works. It's so sensitive. It's Right. It's, it's super sensitive, and even, like, the slightest pan will, like, blur the camera really fast. Like... You ever you ever seen like any of the Jason Bourne movies when they've got the <laughs> yeah, that's a really good comparison. It, it's like that, but all the time. So. It's like some weird like I don't know if they've done it to I don't know if they've done it to cover up uh, you know where the graphics, but it's like it's like a. The more that I've thought about it, it it definitely feels to me that like they wanted to hide the PSP limitations of the game, and so they're like, let's blur everything. Like really, anything that's moving really quickly is just yes. Vaseline smear blurred, um, and that's most noticeable when you move the camera because the camera is really sensitive. So the slightest knock of the stick, and you can't you can't make any adjustments, which is actually there's no sensitivity options. Down, <laughs> yeah, because I think the whole thing could have been fixed that's if they had had some. Things I actually looked for in the settings. I'm like, Can I adjust yeah, this within about thirty you seconds. Can, like inverse it or anything. You can invert, but you, you, you there's no that's sensitivity. That's not gonna solve the, the real issue of it, though. Yeah, it, it's... it's Does it also get, like, stuck in walls and things like that? Uh, um, I d- didn't notice any of that. No, not, it's not really that. The only issue I had sort of like that was, like, fighting in a hallway um, and maybe dodging really quickly and jumping from, like, different targets than the camera yeah. got would get messed up, but, I mean, 
usually now. So it's mostly a sensitivity issue where you're kind of having it forces you to be it's, adjusting it's the sensitivity and like the the huge amount of motion blur that they added to it. And I don't know if it's because those sticks are more sensitive or what, but it appeared to be worse on the Xbox One as well. Not from a visual perspective, but in the sense of, oh my god, the slightest touch of the stick just makes it go <laughs> mental. Um, and, and I just don't know why there's no sensitivity option. And, you know, I've heard, you know, I've been chatting to a couple of other people who have been playing it early or are reviewing it, and I've heard people say that it's made them feel sick. You know, it, it's... And I'm sure this isn't going to affect everybody because it's one of those things where I think it depends on how sensitive you are to it. Like, it's evident to me that I'm a lot more sensitive to it than Erin is because I just try to avoid touching the right yeah, stick I altogether mean, now. I did get used to it after a while. I mean, it's definitely there and you can't look away. But, um, I mean, after several hours, I was just like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, the camera is is Jesus. Um, but the, well, the rest. The funny thing is, like, <laughs> they quote unquote fixed it, and then you had all these people saying, "Oh, it's so much better." But I think it's one of those. Those people are crazy. Those people are fucking crazy. <laughs> you actually have to get your hands on it and see it for yourself, rather than some video that's probably been edited in a way that makes you think that it's a lot different than it actually is. I'm sure there are some people who will think it's fine and there'll be somebody in the comments saying I don't know what Alex is talking about, the camera is fine <laughs> you are fucking crazy, it's awful uh, Yeah, it's it's by far and away the worst thing about the game and it's a shame because the camera is oh, always oh, yeah. there it's, it's definitely <laughs> the biggest complaint that I can I mean, the, the nice thing and is you know, and that seems like uh, a really big disappointment because that's like the one thing you'd hope would be dramatically improved going well yeah I mean it is an action RPG so having control of the camera is definitely important well that's the funny thing it's that you know they've given you control of the camera which wasn't there in the PSP version but the control of the camera is so actually it was oh really but it was well, on the oh, right. uh, so it controlling it was very cumbersome on the PSP well, either way, I mean, what I what I really mean is that you know um, they you couldn't do it. As, I guess they've added it. They've added it and made it easier. But the problem is the camera control is so schizophrenic and sensitive that I just avoided touching it, uh, apart from when I absolutely needed to to like look behind me or something like that. So I might as well have been playing it on PSP anyway because I was just using the lock on, and the lock on does the job. But yeah. It's yeah, I mean, I use Lockdown a lot, too. Um, actually, probably about 95% of the time. So I can't imagine actually aiming at enemies freehand with that no. camera. Good <laughs> no. lord. Um, but everything else controls really well. Uh, you know, I think, uh, Adam, your, your, your comparison to Crisis Core is... is is still apt there. It's the same sort of thing where you have four commands on screen and one is just kind of a basic attack. So if you've got a gun, it will shoot. If you've got a sword, it will swing, whatever. And then the others are varied attacks that cost MP or, you know... Yeah, or, you've got, like, a different abilities or, like, a magic spell. And a dodge. A, a healing or protect ability. So. Yeah, and, and all that controls well. This is kind of an ignorant question, but I 
read something somewhere about like these summons or idolons are somehow important to the game. Is that part of the gameplay or um, more story well, related? Bit of both. Actually, play without using them if you really want to. Um, they are important from a story perspective, um, which we can't really talk about, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you use them in the game is before you go out on a mission, you can assign one of what you have to your party, and then um, in the actual, uh, when you're in the mission, you press a couple buttons, and it kills your player character, and you summon the um, the Eidolon, or whatever they're calling them in this game, and then you control them so their controls are pretty similar to your other characters with the with the map to the face button mm-hmm. and then you just play normally like you would with your other characters with them but they are on a time limit so you only have um, i think it's about two minutes until they go away i mean in that respect it's very similar actually to how summons work in final fantasy 13 to be honest they yeah. replace your main character and you take control of them except the difference is it's obviously a real-time action system so you directly take control of it rather than just of the commands do they right, feel exactly. useful at all oh like, are they actually useful? i mean i'm thinking of are... Fantasy 12 where <laughs> they were pointless basically yeah i mean they are pretty useful they do definitely hit harder than your character Oh yes, so, and they're huge as well. So, well, yeah. most of them are huge. The the main draw is that you can kind of bust them out if you're in a bind, and they're they're pretty good for that. Definitely, um, there are some that you can control kind of like in a story sense as well. So, um, there is that sort of element there as far as like their importance goes. I, I will say that I um I was quite disappointed that they didn't add in any of the just while we're talking about summons, they didn't add in any of the um, any of the c- content from um, from the PSP version because um, one of the things that was cut were a couple of summons. One of which was um, uh, Pandemonia, which hasn't appeared since well, only appeared in Final Fantasy VIII. Um, and I was a bit bummed. I was hoping they might add those back in. Like the 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 model is still in the PSP version of the game. If you uh, know how to find those sorts of things you can go and find it but pandemonia and phoenix and i think typhon were cut from the game but sadly and just on a general level nothing like that has been added back in which is a shame but alas yeah it it could have definitely been an opportunity for them to add in some of that um cut content as you said but i think they kind of wanted just to get this out as it was and be like here you go <laughs> you guys waited four years so uh <laughs> yeah yeah um and i mean how do you feel about the visual upgrade speaking of upgrades um i guess on the whole it's it serves its purpose it's definitely uneven in a lot of respects you have uh for example they redid all the main character models so they look really good um they look like something you might see maybe in a very end of life ps3 game I think it's comparable to what was going on in Final Fantasy X and X2. Well, yeah. more X than um, X2. The other side of that is they didn't really do anything with the NPCs. So you will have this upgraded main character talking to this really poly NPC character model, and it, it just... It doesn't look very good. Well, yeah, I mean, you'll have somebody with a fully animated mouth, you know, um, with teeth and everything 
standing in the same shot talking to somebody who has a flat face and like the mouth is a texture moving um yeah and it's it's jarring no doubt definitely and some of these npcs are are important to the story so they they do have a decent amount of screen time so it's kind of uh, disappointing in a way that they weren't able to touch those models up as well. I kind of, I think, I wonder how much of that work was already done because obviously, um, the the PSP version of Type Zero had um had the pre-rendered cutscenes that still use like in-game level assets and not CG. And I, I, I've been thinking to myself for quite a while, oh, maybe they use those models as a starting point and it's only the models who are in those scenes who have got the upgrade here or whatever. Um, I don't know, because I, I don't know, I wonder what the logic was behind choosing who, who got the upgrade and who didn't because, yeah, I mean, within the first half an hour of the game, you're starting to run into these people. Um, and then there's bizarre things, like there's like one character, one NPC in the game who's been given like breast physics. Oh, yes. It's just the one? The only one. The only one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and really prominent, like Dead or Alive style stuff going on as well. Um, yeah, I actually didn't really do her little side quest thing, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was definitely like, okay, I don't really remember this in the PSP version. Maybe it was there, but it's been, I mean, it's been a long time. So. Somebody has taken the time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and important. Yeah, <laughs> and yet they didn't fix the camera. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, the other thing that we can say about the visuals camera. is, at first glance, um, you know, it, the visual upgrade is pretty nice. But once you get mm-hmm. closer to like the walls, you're like, oh, okay, these uh, these were PSP textures, but they kind of added a little bit of shininess to them. No, well, they've got new lighting. And that looks quite nice on the whole. And allegedly this lighting is coming from stuff to do with Final Fantasy XV, or that's at least, I think, part of what they're using to justify it being on the consoles it's on. Um, so you've got new lighting, and the geometry's been done up with new with new textures. But the geometry, for the most part, probably, or at least for the most part, but I think entirely, um, hasn't been touched beyond that. So... No, I don't think so. So, yeah. So, for instance, I mean, the very first mission of the game is a good example where I was playing for it, kind of the tutorial mission. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this looks quite good. And then there's a bit where there's loads of, um, there's loads of rubble, like loads of stuff has been explored. You fight, you fight two robots and then there's, um, right before the Odin fight and there's loads of rubble around and the rubble is just like the most simple geometry around. And you see that, and that was when I was like, oh, right. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing as with the character models. It's It looks good, but then sometimes it's really jarring because it looks really good, it looks really good, the character model looks really good, and you're talking to somebody with a flat face. <laughs> yeah. And then it's the same thing with the environment where it looks really good, it looks really good, and then there's like a building that's a rectangle. 
And you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's those PSP limitations. Yeah, and, and certain certain areas look better than others. Like, it's very plain. They've put a lot of effort into uh, the academia, the, the school, um, because that looks really good, presumably because they knew you'd be going back there between every single mission. So they've like, well, yeah, we'll make this look really good. And it does look really good. Um, but then other areas, that first town you go to, unlike the first the first proper mission when you head out onto the world map, oh, yeah. looks real rough. Wow. The towns are hilarious because they're basically like one room. Yeah, and then like the world map itself, where the world map has this thing going on where it's got really gorgeous, like, well, I won't go so far as to say gorgeous. It's got good looking, like current gen sort of looking water, but then everything else looks really flat and awful. Oh man, that water. The first time I saw it, I was like, wow, this... That water looks really scary, actually. Well, it looks scary because it contrasts to everything else around you, which is really flat. Yeah. And then you turn around and you look at the grass, which is like this big, shiny, like, because of the new lighting, it's just like shiny grass. Yeah. So, I mean, radioactive. <laughs> <it's, laughs> the grass reflects the sun, pretty much. It, it's weird. And, you know, I think um, this the, the team who developed this... Um, is the same team that did uh, Wind Waker HD. Um, Love the shiny, and it, it's but it's it's very plain that this is no. I mean, it, this had a much lower starting point as well, but it's nowhere near the the quality of upgrade that Wind Waker HD had. Nowhere close. Um, they definitely do love the shiny though, you are correct. But yeah, it's nowhere near that that the, the Windbreaker HD sort of quality at all. Not remotely. Um it's it's good and the, the character models and stuff look good. But even then, you know there's problems they just couldn't get around without doing a lot more to the game than probably was economically viable. Like, you can make a really nice character model, but the problem with those flash new character models for the main cast is in... Okay, so cutscenes in Type-0, or rather story scenes, there's like three ways they can play out. One is CG. Just done by visual works, looks real nice, whatever. One is... Um, like a pre-rendered in-engine cutscene. So it's using the in-engine assets, but it's pre-rendered, which means the characters are emoting and acting and, I don't know, maybe they're emo-capped, I don't know, but they're animated, hand-animated perhaps. And they look they look and move like people. And then you've got um, the scenes that take place in the engine while you're playing, which is more or less always characters facing each other, very often not voice acted, just text. And, you know, it's a character looking at you and gesticulating with their hands, but they're dead-eyed. And, and, they, they, have a, and they repeat, like, the same... Oh, man. Yeah, uh, but they're, but, but they're dead-eyed and they're not even blinking, whatever. You know, it's kind of, it reminds me of... They, they do, like, the same kind of canned animations yeah. over and over. And then they do the same ones in different scenes later in the game, and you're like, hmm, I've seen them the, the, the classic example for that sort of thing is that 2006 terrible Sonic the Hedgehog game where every NPC you walked up to would do like one animation and go eh they would make that noise I remember Final Fantasy X with uh, Titus doing his arm waving like same thing over and over yeah but, but but the problem is I suppose I guess what I'm saying is is that those flash character models no matter how how high the poly count is no matter how shiny they are no matter how good the hair looks and all that stuff does look good as soon as you put them into one of those canned animation routines they don't look very good at all the other thing I wanted to kind of add to that is they didn't um, they didn't really do any lip syncing 
No, definitely not. Yeah. When they're in those dialogue scenes um, that we were just talking about, there is literally no lip sync. When there is voice. Real time. Right, when there is voice. Um, And obviously, I don't think they were going to take the time and go back and redo the pre-rendered scenes with lip sync, but they aren't either. And I think think that's the great shame of this game in general, which is that uh, the core, you know, as we said earlier, combat's really, really good and really satisfying and really challenging, I think. Um, you know, the camera's a bit of a pain in the ass, but, uh, I, 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 well, I assume you still feel the same way you felt when you wrote the import review in which, you know, you sang the praises of the way the game uh, controlled and the, the combat systems and how it's a nice middle ground between action. In fact, it, in a sense, Type Zero has become the perfect um, middle step between the full action base system that we we will be getting in 15 and what we had in in 13 um but the what was impressive on the PSP uh, 4 years ago is now kind of distracting yes it, it, it yeah that's the perfect word it distracts from how good the combat is because you're too busy yeah, going oh I, this is janky this is janky yeah because the core gameplay is is still really enjoyable and even though i'd already played the game before i still really wanted to keep playing the uh the new hd version but like you said the the visual i guess the unevenness of the visual stuff kind of gets in the way a little bit i guess you could say yeah, it, it sounds like you just kind of have to have your expecta- ex- expectations kind of set. Like, yes, this is a PSP yeah. game at art. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not only that, but uh, one of the things that they they kind of removed that was in the PSP version was the PSP version had this a more unified art style. Like, it, it had these reddish tones to it, um, which yeah really kind of helped. Uh, go with the mood of the game and they got rid of that well they, they've gone for this gold thing and this is actually something that really is jarring to me is that they, the pre-rendered cutscenes and this is the same bloody problem that um, Deus Ex had as well the pre-rendered cutscenes have this kind of lighting model or filter or something over them like an Instagram filter, which gives it this sort of orangey, grey, blown out hue. It sort of makes them look like... It sort of makes them look like a, a deteriorated quality uh, war movie, which fits the game. But then the problem is, um, you as soon as it switches back to real time, the real time is clean and crisp and that filter's gone. And it's just so jarring because it just doesn't even feel like you're standing in the same space. A great example to avoid any spoilers is to talk about the very, very first tutorial um, area of the game where the game opens and, I mean, flatly, this is how the game opens. It's an, I don't consider it a spoiler. If you consider it a spoiler, skip about a minute ahead. Um, but the game opens and there's a guy dying and he's Chocobo's dying and they're kind of lying on top of each other or whatever and it's a guy that, that, that your that your crew know and that's the game opens with a death which is them trying to get across that it's this depiction of war um, and it looks really good and I think it's a relatively well the voice acting in that scene of that guy is kind of 
iffy. But um, yeah. But it's a but it's a good scene. It's a quality scene. It's a great way. Yeah. It's it's at that point actually I think where I switched back to the Japanese voice for for a little bit. But it's it's it's. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a quality scene. It's a good scene. Um, but then the game opens up and you're standing in the same area and it looks completely different to the scene because it's got like a completely different color palette and lighting thing going on and it's really distracting in the PSP version it wasn't like that so having having played that version and then going to this one it's it's more it's a it's a little thing that people who haven't played the original might not really understand why it's a disappointment but it's well, I haven't. I think I played a little, not enough to remember, but uh, you know, it, it just grabbed me as like, oh, well, this looks nothing like the the scene I was just watching because it's got a completely different lighting model. And like I say, it was a problem that Deus Ex had as well, and I can only assume that it's exactly the same circumstances that have caused it. Which with Deus Ex, it was that that game was coming in really hot. Um, you know, they were changing things up until the last minute, and they did a Gamescom or an E3 or something and some people said the lighting was a bit over the top and so they toned down the lighting but they'd already pre-rendered all the pre-rendered cutscenes so then they just had to let them rock with the old lighting but then that meant if you go and play Deus Ex Human Revolution when you get a pre-rendered in-engine cutscene it's got this sort of greenish hue to it and the golds are far more pronounced and then as soon as you switch to the real game everything looks completely different (laughs) yeah I definitely remember that and I didn't realize that they had changed um, the game during development, but that definitely makes sense. Yeah, because I remember seeing it. In fact, I was one of the people who complained and said it's way too gold. And so they, they toned it down. Um, and there's mods out there for the PC version to actually restore the original look <laughs> to the game, um, <laughs> which are quite cool, actually. Um, but, but that exists. But yeah, I mean, same sort of problem in Type Zero anyway. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit of a bummer that those scenes look different. And that's kind of the story of this game, though. It's like, there's so much good. There's so much really, really solid, awesome stuff. Um, but you have to, you know, you have to kind of push aside. Territory, though, right? Anyways, uh, one last thing. I don't think we talked about this, and I don't know if this is a big deal or not, but they took out multiplayer. Um, yep, I don't know, Aaron, if you ever even... Uh, if you ever even played around with that in the original release is not having multiplayer like a, a, a big disappointment or is it not really a big deal um i mean the inclusion of multiplayer in the original version was something that i never really messed around with that much just because well not I many just didn't, it was only like <laughs> didn't feel like it at the time and i can't really remember but it really wasn't anything super amazing so the fact that it's missing in this version doesn't really bother me that much. I know some people were disappointed by it, but honestly, I think the fact that it's not there really isn't a big deal. Well, I guess there's a reason why we haven't talked about it at all until now. Nothing of any value was lost. Yeah, I mean, like if they had, like if the multiplayer in the original was closer to something, like if I remember right, um, it was actually a very limited multiplayer where you could join your friends group for a very limited amount of time but if they were to do something um, multiplayer wise in this game um, I would actually want it to be something more like co-op but obviously they would have to rework a lot of the game for that to have happened 
Yeah, and I think that's that's the ongoing that's the ongoing theme about this game is there's a lot of good stuff, but you have to kind of push aside all the weird issues with the conversion and all the weird issues that are caused by being an old game and a lot of the I think the thing that that will crop up in a lot of reviews tomorrow or rather today when people who actually listening to this can get their hands on this um, the sentence that will be seen a lot is you know something along the lines of they could have slash should have done this but it would have been loads of work and more work than they were actually willing to put into it HD conversion of this type. That seems to be the the ongoing theme. Yeah, I if I remember right, I read that they took about a year to do this conversion, so it was pretty clear that they didn't want to spend any extra time. Plus, having it is sort of this sort of stopgap thing between now and um, <laughs> the eventual release of Final Fantasy Fifteen. Mm-hmm next year maybe um it's definitely like you can definitely oh, see it as, <laughs> as a move to kind of give final fantasy fans something to do while they wait yeah um and you, you, you both you both say that the game is good you know it, in a general sense it's a good game it's enjoyable it's challenging so kind of making the name the, the, more relevant and kind of holding on this game is the opposite. This game is the opposite of the Order eighteen eighty six, where <laughs> it's a really weird comparison. But bear with me, <laughs> because the Order eighteen eighty six is the definition of uh, to, to to use an old British fa- fa- uh, phrase, putting lipstick on a pig, or, or indeed, you know, polishing a turd. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig, and that's what the Order is. It's it's it's. A really boring by the numbers game that I don't even think is that good, but happens to be absolutely gorgeous and have some really beautiful art directions, some really interesting ideas. Type Zero is the opposite of that. It's a fantastic game, I think, and I think that I think the the core of the combat is really brave, um, and 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 brave and different. And I think it's an interesting path for the final, for the Final Fantasy series. And I actually think it's a path that's probably more true to the traditions of what Final Fantasy is and then Final Fantasy XV is going to be. Um, but it's still action-based. Um, but uh, it, it, this this HD conversion, it almost... Rough around it's, the it's, well, it's almost made it worse in a sense. I don't know if you'd... Like, that, that's a harsh thing to say, but in a sense, if you'd give... It is harsh, but I think... It's it's really the uneven. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the thing about. I think it. when you look at emulated footage of the original, I'd almost rather they just put it out looking like that, <laughs> just run it at 1080p with the same stuff and sell it cheaper than what they've done, which does feel yeah, like this sort of halfway house. Pretty much agree with that. Um, um, almost because, or pretty much because there was more consistency, at least in the assets and everything. You know, I mean, to use the Wind Waker example again, right? Because, um, as we said, that that's been done by the the same guys, the guys at what's the name of the studio, uh, Hexadrive. Uh, um, to use Wind Waker, yeah, to use Wind Waker HD as an example, and Hexadrive has done quite a lot of them because they also did that 3DS port of, um, of Metal Gear Solid Three. Um, they did a Kami for the PS4 
three, they um, they did Zone of the Enders, um, and yeah, and then they did Wind Waker, and I think they've done other other HD conversions. So they've made quite a business out of doing it. But if you think about Wind Waker and think about how they changed the lighting engine and they change every single texture and they significantly change the look of that game imagine if they'd done that but if 50% of the character models in the game hadn't been changed at all and then imagine you know Link with the new lighting standing next to Grandma with the old lighting and how weird it would look and that's what this game is (laughs) yeah I think that's a pretty fair comparison and it's weird. I, I don't get why that's happened, to be honest. Um, well, I do get it. It's about I think, money, I suppose. I think there was maybe some pressure um, because it is on the new systems that they had to meet like a certain quality threshold, maybe. What did, did Final Fantasy X have the same thing with the two types of character models, the two different qualities, or did it not? Because I don't really remember it being an it, issue. It did, uh, but I guess... It didn't seem as jarring. Yeah, I mean, maybe because a lot of the ten models in the original PS2 version were actually pretty detailed. So the versions that they used in the HD remaster were were a little more detailed, but not overly so. Right, I suppose that makes sense. And yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate, but it is you know th- there's so much to like in this game as well, and I would recommend people play it. It just certainly doesn't. <laughs> And hey, okay, here's the thing. The money argument is always a stupid argument to make because what $60 or £40 or €50 or whatever your currency is, whatever that is to you, uh, to me, might not be to you. You know, you, you might be incredibly well off and, you know, you might wipe your ass with 60 bucks fine <laughs> but for me personally i look at it and i don't see a 60 dollar game a 40 pound game a 50 euro game whatsoever um even with the demo of a uh, <clears throat> 15 uh, because i guess to sort of put like slightly more uh, objective of you to that sort of statement um a lot of the other i mean almost every other hd remaster comes with at least two to three full games yes so and and those have usually been forty dollars so to see um type zero hd be 60 with a remaster of a psp game in a demo uh, when i saw that 60 dollar price tag i was like really i mean really (laughs) I, i realized that we're in a new generation but is a little bit extreme for for what's being offered here. Yeah, and you know oh, the cynical part of me. How long is the game? Definitely. Oh, it's a long game. Um, <clears throat> it is pretty long, and like, I honestly don't really know. So one playthrough can take about twenty five to thirty hours, and you're actually meant to play the game more than once because the second playthrough actually shows you different sides of things, different perspectives, different. You're able to. Um, take on different missions that you might not have before due to level um, requirements, things like that. And then once you beat it a second time, you get uh, like an alternate side of the story. So you're definitely encouraged to play more than once. Hmm. Yeah, and it's. I suppose in that sense, it has the value. I just think, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't think the value is there in the work that's been done to the game. Um, 
in terms of the length of the game, it, the value is absolutely there. It is a long game. There's a lot of, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of challenge. So you're not going to breeze through all the content <clears throat> in the shortest possible time. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough considering one. Considering that like Final Fantasy 15 is going to be sixty bucks as well when it really yes, I mean that's the you know th- that that that's the key. It's like you could go out and buy this, or you could go out and buy uh, I don't know. You could go out and buy Dragon Age Inquisition, or you could go out and buy uh, Majora's Mask 3D, which is a far more competent remake. Um, or you could go out and buy um, I don't know that new at the air game or whatever and those are probably far more cohesive experiences I think cohesive is the because it's not very cohesive because you've got these weird disparate things with the way geometry looks versus the way the new character models look versus the way the old character models look um but that is all visual that's the key thing and I think the, the way the game plays is very very good apart from that god awful camera <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the consistency aspect. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's difficult, but I think um, I think it's a great I think I think it's a great little experience though, and I do think the combat's interesting, um, and I am very curious to see what people make of the way it plays. I just wish that the visual style and all that. Uh, had more consistency to it. I will say also, because we're, we're kind of winding towards the end here, um, I'm very, very... Uh, the, the, the Probably the other really excellent thing about the game, the real standout thing, is the soundtrack. Um, I was very, very familiar with the, with the original version of the soundtrack, and the work they've done on the remastered soundtrack is really, really good also. Um, I think Ishimoto is, is one of the best people Square has. Um... And I think you know it's it's telling because I I found myself like humming one of the themes earlier today. So it's it's definitely one of those soundtracks that kind of sticks with you. It's a good soundtrack, and I suppose so. To kind of wrap up a little bit, Aaron, you obviously gave the uh, the original game a nine and, and sung its praises. How do you? As you, I mean, people will be able to go and read your review when this is up, but. Um, how do you think it stacks up versus the original, given that four years have passed and everything else, just uh, overall? I think overall my feelings are still the same. Um, it's definitely still a really fun game with a lot of um, deep, engaging opportunities with the gameplay. And it's one of those games that made me really want to keep playing, even though I had already played it. So I think overall my feelings are still what they were four years ago. Fair, just you know, with the visual um, issues. Yeah, I mean, the visual issues are there, but I don't think they really took too much away from my overall enjoyment. Um, once I was engaged enough in the gameplay, I kind of wasn't really paying attention to those things. Mm-hmm. So you, you got kind of kind of got used to it. Yeah, and it was more. I felt it was more that I was getting engrossed in the actual gameplay that I could sort of forgive those inconsistencies. Yeah, I mean, uh, I certainly found, you know, you know very well, after about two, three, two and a half hours, let's say, with the game, I kind of came into the uh, staff chat room and went on a bit of a rant saying, 
<laughs> saying yeah. this game fucking sucks. The ca- the camera is awful. <laughs> you know the story. You didn't say this. The story is taking too long because it does it does spend a long. I, I will say at the beginning it does kind of kind of ease in a little bit. It takes so, it's real real slow burner at the start. Um, but once you kind of get over that hump, um, I think that's where the meat of everything comes in. That's where you really start to say, hey, I want to keep going. I want to see what happens. Like, I, I hope Final Fantasy XV isn't like that because I think um, <laughs> Final Fantasy got worse and worse for that where, you know, seven and eight, seven you had a long, you had a shortcut scene and you were in. Eight, you had a, a shortcut scene and then you were in, but it was very slow and very plodding and it took time for you to get to battles, which was fine. It was world building. Nine was a lot like eight, where you were running around the town. Um, ten was kind of, ten is, is kind of a big bang. Thirteen was kind of a big bang, but the, you know, I would dread if Final Fantasy 15, for instance, feels like this where, it gets you in and there is combat, but then there's like so much stuff afterwards and people are talking to you and then it's like, go and see the doctor, go and do this, go and do that. Um, and I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to fight somebody. There definitely is a lot of exposition and I think that that can definitely kind of turn some people away. Um, my advice is keep going because that's, it's only really in the beginning and once you get past that it, it definitely gets better. And that's good advice because like I said, I came into the chat ranting and, and just angry <laughs> and saying... And when you started saying that stuff, I was already like 20 hours in by then so I was like, what? What is he talking about? <laughs> I was just like, this game sucks. It's terrible. I can't believe this. And it was it was me just... I, I was being hyperbolic. That's the point of the staff chat room. It's not stuff that's getting published. Um, but uh, I kept on slogging at it and it was not long after i'd said i hate this um but the combat and you know when i said i hate this i didn't mean i actually really hated it i was just like i'm not having as much fun as i'd I'd like but then not long after that the combat really did grab me um and it was the combat more than anything else the characters and stuff are all kind of they're passable but the combat is where this game i think really shines and is really interesting um and I haven't finished it yet. I mean, you have, Aaron, but I'm looking forward to going back and kind of finishing that out. Um, I'm just not sure if I'd want to see this story again um, for a second playthrough. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about the second playthrough is as I was finishing up uh, once again on the HD version, I was like, well, I think I really want to get you know right into that new game plus. So the, the fact that I wanted to keep playing even after I finished the game, I think is really telling because sometimes... Uh, you know, you beat a game and you're like, well, that's it, you know. <laughs> Says the person but, who platinumed Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I was maybe three trophies away from it mm-hmm. the game, so I figured I might have mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, with Type Zero, it's, it's really enjoyable. And like you said, the gameplay, especially with the combat, is, is definitely the core, I guess, interest grabber here. Yeah, and, you know, I can laugh about you 100% in Final Fantasy XIII too, but I've got 100% of the achievements in Dennis Rise 5 Empire, so, you know. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, glass house, but not throw that stone. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, unless Adam's got any more questions. Up now. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, any, any final thoughts? I've got one more question for Aaron before any final thoughts, which is just... 
um, obviously we can't go into specifics or any spoiler territory, but because every fucking website on the internet has been posting it anyway, despite the fact that I think a good half of them are under embargo from Square and so probably shouldn't have posted it. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, that I have not posted it myself. Yeah, I, you know, whatever. But, um... So, there's a secret movie at the end of the game. Won't go into detail about what it is, um, but it's a very similar in tone to sort of the secret movies they added to the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, every time they did a final mix version of those. Um, so, needless to say, it sort of teases that there could be more um, from the type sub-series, but it's quite vague about what that could mean. Um, do you have any feelings about what you would want to see as somebody who it was quite like this style, quite like this game. Well, from what I understand, the video was actually created as um, sort of leftovers from the project that was started after Type Zero had wrapped up um, with Tabata's team. He had shown some concept art around 2012 with um, some kind of classical Japanese samurai-style characters, and... Um, a lot of people at the time had sort of assumed that this was the next thing he would working on. And so when I saw this video and I saw that, yes, it was this sort of Japanese-style character, I was like, well, this is probably exactly what he had been talking about and what he had been working on. And they were going to go in that sort of direction. I think it would actually be really interesting. I think they could experiment a lot in a sub-series, more so than they could in the mainline as they did with Type Zero, so um, I'd definitely be really interested to see what they could kind of push the limits for and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm interested. I um, I think I would rather... I think if they're going to do Type as a sub-series, I would rather that each game be uh, disconnected or largely disconnected the same way that mainline Final Fantasy is. And I think that's actually that was actually the original intention when they renamed... Um, Type Zero originally, yeah. they said that they wanted kind of to do to let it do its own thing with with each entry. Um, so I hope if they do more, they do that. But I definitely like to see more of this combat, and I would love to see one actually designed from the ground up for a console. Actually, although who knows what will happen? Not only then. that, um, them being allowed to experiment, I feel it's really important because in the mainline series, it seems that they're sort of kind of restricted in a lot of the things that um, they're allowed to do. So if they can kind of get success from Type Zero in the West and maybe move forward on this on this next game, hopefully um, they can do a little bit more than what they were able to do with Type Zero. Yeah, I'd like to see that. So, yeah, I think that's about it, unless you've got any questions, Adam. I don't think so. I think we've touched on most everything. Yeah. So I guess to wrap up, we thank you all for listening to this special edition of the TechCast, and I thank Aaron and Alex for providing their input. You're welcome. You can read Aaron's review on the site, uh, and have fun playing Type 0 HD after you've had your fill with the Final Fantasy 15 demo. <laughs> yeah, but that's the way around. Everybody will be doing it, I'm sure. 